bitches welcome back to the domesticated savages we are here in jake's mom's basement still <laughs> oh we haven't gosh. left well we did and leave no no we're, we're still not there. here no all all of our episodes we're still in jake's mom's basement <laughs> the milky way galaxy and uh we're we're still here rocking and rolling i'm here with jake jeremy jocelyn and big daddy fitz how you doing bro so so good good as always jeremy you're back from the freaking outer darkness bro yeah, wherever you're you back were from at, the yeah, dead the homie how did you make it back <clears throat> i can't believe and do you do you have all your parts intact listen that's did they put everything really back on? Like when they took it off? Did they are you modular now? On? I want to know. Are you modular? Yeah. Did you? Are get, you modular? So go go gadget. So anything. Be, so because of its size and girth, <laughs> it had to be a reduction. <laughs> it was causing hip hip dysplasia and hip stuff dysplasia. like that. <laughs> Is that why you were out for four? Hey, it took him four it's weeks because he's got that MVE. <laughs> They had to freaking make it smaller. <laughs> uh, well, so Jeremy's back. If you tuned into our Instagram live, you chlamydia is a hell of a live, hell homie. of a infection. <laughs> no, we're not talking about your wiener anymore. We're, we're talking oh, about Instagram live. Okay, it's not always about you, buddy. Instagram live was fun. Yeah, we broke we had, down. We, had a we good broke time. down that book. We had uh, we we did our book club episode, yeah. and you know it was it was fun. We all had so, a pretty good time. Yeah. What I'll do. Just so you guys out there listening, maybe you don't have Instagram. If you don't, I can understand because honestly, I did not have Instagram until I started the podcast. So I can sympathize. But if you don't have Instagram, no big deal. What I'll do is I'll take that episode from our live cast on the Instagrams and I'll put it here so you can listen to it as a podcast too. But if you join us uh, tonight, some of our viewers on our Instagram, uh, they're going to get some swag. We played a fun game and they're going to end up receiving some pretty sweet stuff. So if you've been vacillating on whether or not to join Instagram, do right it. now is the perfect time do to it. do it. Join Instagram, follow the Domesticated Savages, which domesticated underscore savages on Instagram. Follow us there. You'll find out all the stuff we're doing. We post multiple times per week. And next time you can join us live, when we do a live, we did a game. A couple people want some swag, yeah. get some free apparel because you joined in. We yeah, appreciate you guys. So that's why we do it. So today we're going to start off with a bit of a happier, somber story, I guess. Happy, somber. Kind of. It's kind of sad. But, uh, well, okay. It's not really that sad. Maybe that's. I probably won't shed any tears. So North Carolina has an inmate. He gets sentenced to prison for, um, well, the two articles that I read, one said 25, one said 31. So between 25 and 31 year sentence to a gentleman who killed a two-year-old child and upon reporting to prison shaking my head right now yeah upon reporting to prison the inmates in the section that he was at apparently a bunch of them got together and beat him to death because they found out what he had done yes yeah so you kill a two-year-old well cool now your your life is forfeit apparently in north carolina so yeah. we call that prison justice. Oh, absolutely. Call that prison justice. So it's we, interesting how they have that. that. But that's that's a that's a, that's a pretty unanimous uh, nationwide. Yeah. It's interesting how they have that though. Like, it's like you, you 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 hear about this criminal element. You're like, oh, they're criminals. But then it's like they have like this moral code that they kind of live sorts. by. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird. Dope dealing, but, robbing, stealing. That's all cool. Yeah. As soon but as you, you mess with like them children, you yeah. mess with them children. Yep. Yeah, you did. And yeah. women, women like so. It's interesting. So when you I was probably in, have a better. Yeah, when I was in the prison, it was it was that. It what was, were you? What were you sentenced for? So I was in for mayhem. Okay. <laughs> so when when I was there, 
the inmates there there's definitely a code. as a prison guard as both i i did both <laughs> there's there's definitely a code you know and so some of your more common crimes nobody really cares i mean you could common like what thefts yeah robberies, robberies that, you know that kind of DV? stuff drug deal yeah DV? drugs Dem- to an Mas? extent to an extent to an extent right so from what That's i pretty common what i was able to glean from my time in the prison was children any any crime against children no matter what it is whether it's sex related or or otherwise like physical abuse or whatever yeah you are automatically lower than dirt you are essentially as soon as you get in there you're you greenlit are, you're greenlit yeah you're fair game your life anybody. is forfeit yes. basically really so we yeah. so you as a prison guard knowing this person what they've committed been convicted for and sentenced for do you have now a responsibility to set these people up in like solitary or how somewhat, does that work somewhat so so a lot of the time what we do is the arranging of where they stay is done by higher powers than me right i don't determine where people are are put inside their prison yeah so and they there's a whole matrix that they do based on the crime and based on history and And other things and and other kid offenders are put with other kid offenders kind of sex offenders are put together yeah because sex offenders in themselves are automatically That well, they, they do it normal. for their safety because sex offenders are automatically greenlit. So I yeah. see that too, but also you're getting these like-minded kind yes. of individuals yeah. oh, all together. How, how is that good? Right. That's not, well, it's not. I mean. They're going to feed upon each other. Yeah. Well, and, and then they start preying on each other too. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. So any crime against children, sex, uh, sex related or otherwise, you're lower than low. Okay. You know, and then crimes against women are yeah. kind of next. And then after that, they have, there's a whole bunch of other things. You know, if you're in a, um, in the prison, we called it a security threat group. We didn't really call them gangs even though that's essentially that's what, what is, they were basically sure yeah we called them security threat groups um they had their own code and mm-hmm. they greenlit people and and stuff like that so but yeah so essentially this guy in north carolina gets sentenced get beat to death the inmate just was, like hands fists and feet yeah, yeah. just beat yes literally beat this guy to death damn so three three other inmates were reported as having injuries. My guess is probably from the savage beating that they, yeah, they probably that received they put like down on this guy. Punch, yeah. yeah, when you're throwing haymakers, one of your buddies helping might just catch it. Might catch know? it, right? <laughs> yeah. The interesting part about it is this beating was so savage that from the time that it started, thirty minutes later, they declared that inmate dead. Yeah, that is pretty freaking. And savage, you have to, you though. have to, you have to. That takes into account guards realizing what's happening, responding, yeah. yep. getting medical. At, you know the. You know, and then yeah, so the, them yeah so the corrections officers have to go in there. They've got to make everything safe, right? So they're going to take the the inmates into custody. They're going to cuff them up. They're going to prone them out. They're going to um, shut the section down. Everyone's going into their cells, right? So even before they go in there, they've got to get everybody in their cell. Yeah, you know, and those guys that aren't aren't cuffing up, or if they are cuffing up, that makes it a little bit easier. But if they're not, if yeah. they're not complying, now you've got to do a four cell extraction. Yeah. So you've got to get a whole bunch of cops, your so, whole team. Yeah. So in our state, we when I was there, it was a five to one ratio. Yeah. So at a minimum, if so these if guys had 10 three to inmates, guys. yeah, if they had yeah. three inmates plus the one on the ground, you're going in with twenty dudes. Yeah. You know, so and that takes time. That yeah. takes time to get that many. I don't know how North Carolina does it. You know, they probably do things differently. They might have more might be similar than though. we did. Yeah. Regardless, from the time that the beating started, they have to get everybody in their cells, lock everybody down, lock the section down. Chances are they probably locked the entire portion of that prison yeah, like down. Pod down. Yeah. And then get in there, cuff up the dudes, you know, call everything uh, clear, and then get medical in there. Yeah. So you're looking probably 15 to 20 minutes yeah just before the officers can call the, the yeah it probably would have mattered anyway though yeah they i, made sure I bet you within oh yeah within five minutes he's gone oh, oh I, yeah. I i would guarantee they yeah. just no 
They knew what they were doing. Yeah, he's so. dunsky. They had a goal and they achieved their it. goal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's. You I'm not going to glorify murder, right? Yeah. But you know, that's why I'm saying it was kind of like a happy, sad story. Yeah. But again, it I had mean, a happy ending. He yeah. he chose. You know, he did his crime. I never condone anybody who murks a two year old. There's no, yeah. no justification for that. Nope. Yeah, you can burn in hell, bro. Yeah, that guy got some street justice. So. <laughs> Oh my god. Wait, hold on. That sounds really hold on. That sounded really stupid. That's screet justice. Hold on. Screet justice. What about two year old Hitler? I don't he's not Hitler yet though. But you know he's going to be I don't know that. History's already said it. I don't know that though. Yeah. You have a time machine, you go back. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is when what if goes wrong. Yeah, this is when what if goes wrong. What if you could go back and what if I just watched What if you go back and you beat Stalin? It was no, it was uh Deadpool Deadpool two. Yeah. Where he has the watch and he goes back and it's (laughs) It's like it's like in the little crib. It's a Hitler, you know, and he's like, Ugh, yeah. I still. oh, jeez. So that's where yeah, that came from. I don't know. It's interesting. You, do you do you do that? I don't know. Um, so that's uh, whoo, that's a heavy story there, Fitzy boy. But uh, you know, I'm thick, baby. It is. That's thick. That's like a freaking coating it's a of thick mayo, bitch, right there. <laughs> that's a thick one. She all thicked up. So I wanted to talk about maybe some of the things that we've seen uh, change over our careers and just how we handle just how we handle business and the good work that some of our guys do. So uh, we had an incident that actually happened recently. Jeremy actually got some kudos for this, which I was grateful I don't, for. Hold on. I think it's legally, I don't think you can say good work and Jeremy in the same sentence. Oh, can't I not? They're mutually exclusive. Oh, mutually Well, exclusive. especially with this one, because didn't you get a day off without pay or something? Yeah, exactly. No, with pay. A day off without pay. I had to pay the department for yeah. a day. You had to pay the department they're like, for hey, what you'd done. You're an idiot. <laughs> you got lucky on this one. Fuck off, So pal. we're going to give you a day off, but you got to pay us for it. <laughs> <laughs> so recently we had an incident where there were there was a guy who was having a mental, let's just call it a mental episode. He decided that his roommate was a threat to him and had basically taken his roommate more or less hostage in their apartment. Do you remember... When you were in high school, you'd play Jakey 40 hands. Oh, yeah. What the heck? That was my that? thing. You don't know that game? Dude, we'll play that sometime. So what it is. We'll do Fitzy 40 hands. I what it like is, is we smile. get two 40s, 40 ounce beers, malt liquor, and we tape them to your hands. And you have to drink the beers. Before you got to take a piss. Before you got to take a piss. Because your hands are literally duct taped to beers. So you got to finish the two 40s before you got to take a piss. If you I don't, don't drink beer, then you got to piss your pants. I don't drink beers. You have to drink That's it for game. the game. It's a game. I'm the game. not drinking or peeing. Okay, then. Michael Douglas, calm down. <laughs> I don't drink beer. Okay, what do they have to tape to your hands then? Like some bottles of rum? Or like... Give me some cider. Oh my god! Give him a nice rosé. Give him Pinot Noir. Give, some give him some warm milk. What am I, a child? Put me to sleep. <laughs> no, I think we should just give him like two bottles, one liter. Two hands of vodka. Oh, no. if you don't want to, if you don't no. want to drink you'll beer, hands. no. You'll die. <laughs> I don't. I the don't reason do I bought vodka. it up Fine. because fancy kava hands. Two one liter bottles of kava. Oh, one liter. Yeah. yeah. Two a two liter bottle. So two liters of kava. No, give me give me two things of uh of Stella Rosa. No. Two bottles of Stella Rosa. Denied. Weak. That's the same thing. Weak. Is beer sounding good now? 
No. Kava or but, vodka. But the principle is you have to you have to kill both bottles of your Stella Rose. Whatever kill, it is. I will kill two of those bitches before I got to pee. Oh. Easy. So, That's about so, beer. So, well, yeah. well, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, like two bottles of Stella. Okay. We we'll playing this next week or what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So what it is is uh, the reason I bring that up because because on this night, this roommate was going to play roommate knifey hands instead of Roo- 40 hands. He's roommate. <laughs> was he Edward Scissor hands? He was Edward Roommate Scissor. knifey hands. <laughs> he was like Korg on... Uh, Thor Ragnarok. No, Korg. not Korg. It's uh, it's his buddy, the little. Oh, it's his buddy, the little freaking. Yeah, he's got grasshopper hands. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Meek. So, um, he Meek, the roommate. Meek. Meek. His name is Meek. Meek. Um, our Meek. guy who's experiencing a mental health crisis thinks that his roommate is involved in a major way in like human trafficking, and he. Th- so this guy's thinking that here, this is like the central hub. All the kids that are being trafficked all trafficking is coming right here because he's having this delusional episode right. in his mind. So the roommate is able to break away and go into his room, kind of barricade himself in his room. He calls us saying, hey, he's outside. He's got knives. He's accusing me of all these things. I can't leave. Yeah. Let's call him Adam. Let's call him Adam. Adam. Adam is our victim. Yeah. Okay. Adam's in the room and we're going to call the other guy Barry. Barry. I like it. So Barry is outside in the apartment. Barry knifey hands. Barry knifey hands is outside, kind of roving, just lost, you know, Outside his gourd, thinking that all this stuff's going on. In the main kind of like area of the apartment. Yeah. Like the family room, kitchen area, right? Mm-hmm. He's on patrol. Not let Adam right. leave. And so Adam calls us and is like, hey, I-, I need help. So another officer, another couple officers get dispatched. I was on a call. I hear it come in. I clear. And I'll say, hey, I'm headed that way. And so I meet up with the initial and the other couple officers. And the initial was a guy, a uh, good dude, worked with them a lot on my squad. On our squad. Yeah. Good dude. Absolutely. Great dude. Salt of the year. Great yeah. guy. Um, pumps weights like Pumps weights else. like going, I mean, he does arms like nobody's business. Arms, He bro. gets those arms. Those arms. Swolled up. Swolled. Does that make you a good guy? Yeah. So great dude. And so he's the initial. And then you've got a couple younger guys, yeah. newer guys. Newer guys. Good guys. Good guys. And I was actually impressed with the way they handle themselves on the scene. But so I get there and I kind of was like, hey, what's going on? So in the in the interim, but from the time I tell dispatch him coming on this call to I show up, our initial officer has kind of been able to talk to Adam, our victim. Mm-hmm. And via, Barry, via phone. phone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's calling in. And so Adam would call dispatch and then the initial officer would call him. And he's also been having some, uh, a brief communication with Barry knifey hands. Right. And it's, you know, it's very verified. Hey, Barry's outside. He is losing his mind. I get there and we're trying to set up a plan. Obviously when, when, when you get a situation like this, that is kind of dynamic where a guy's kind of got the knifey hands going is, is maybe thinking about murking his roommate for some delusional stuff. You kind of, you want to run the gamut. Hey, if this happens, we're going in. If this happens, you know. And by that, you mean, okay, we have to make sure that we protect life. Yeah. If Barry knifey hands decides to go stabby stabby, we have to make sure that we can be there and interdict. Yeah. To before protect, he protect Adam's takes life. life. Yeah. Protect Adam's life. Right. Or you say, if he stays calm, we don't have to necessarily go in there we don't and bum have, rush no, him. We've got some time. Right. And so we, you kind of come up with these contingencies on scene, like, hey, you know, what's our plan? If he starts trying to get in where Adam is, we're busting in. Right. If he stays out of the way, we're going to try and set up a dialogue and uh, try and try and work this out, you know, peaceably. So communication is not going so well between the initial officer and Barry Knifey Hands. He's not doing some of the stuff. He's he's far into his delusions. We're trying to tell me, you know, hey, it's okay. We'll figure it out. You know, and when they're in these delusions, you don't try and 
dissuade it. You don't try and show them like, hey, you're crazy. Don't you talk can't. that way. You can't. You tell them. So we're telling them like, hey, if your roommate's involved, we'll investigate it. A lot it. of we'll times it'll spin them. them up. Yeah. You don't want to spin them up. If you try to deny their claims, they might spin them up. Yeah. And so we're sitting there and we'll say like, hey, if your roommate's involved, let us investigate. Let us help you. We'll figure it out. Yeah. If you've got some information. Persuade them a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Come tell us. Let's. And so our goal is to get this guy, everyone safe. Yeah. Adam and Barry Knifey. Yeah. You're absolutely de-escalating the crap out of this. For so sure. in the meantime, while the initial officer is trying to get these uh, communications set up, talking with Adam and Barry, we're getting more officers there. We're, we're trying to get our resources gathered. You know, we want some less lethal options. We want a shield. Some of, some of the tools that we have at our disposal to help us if we have to go in. And so as we're waiting, other officers are showing up because now it's kind of turning in. It's kind of like a barricaded situation. We a kind of got a hostage. Yeah, hostage almost. situation. And so it's like, okay, well, we've got some resources. We've got a couple sergeants show on scene. Lieutenant shows up on scene. And um, the initial officer was able to talk to Adam and get a set of keys to the door because the door's locked to the apartment. So Adam is in the back apartment room, right? Yeah. And what he does, communicating with the officer, the officer says, hey man, are you near a window? Adam says, yeah, I've got a window right here in my apartment bedroom. He says, cool. Can you see the outside? Yeah. It's facing east. Okay. We're right under it. Can you open the window and drop us some keys so we can open the door without having to kick it? Yeah. So we don't damage your apartment. Yeah. Adam says, sounds great. Opens the window up, drops the officer some keys. Drops, they're up on like the, drops the keys floor, to me. Right? I catch oh, them. Oh, to you. To me. To you. Yeah. So second or third floor, they're up it's on. It's the third floor. And so, you know, and so right now I've been on scene probably 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. And so we have six or eight officers, a couple sergeants, lieutenant. And what we've done uh, as the initial officers trying to get these communications, de-escalate the situation, yeah. is we've kind of surveyed the apartment. We know that, that you know, some apartments they'll have like a, a front staircase and a back staircase where you yeah. can access the apartments via both staircases. Yeah. Well, this one only had the one. The one. So we knew our, our angles, our coverage. We knew what we had. Yep. And ingress so, and egress. Ingress points. and egress. And so we, we kind of had this plan, you know, and it was, you know, hey, if, if shit goes sideways, this is what we're doing. But if we can get our resources gathered, which we did, so we had kind of a contact team, a couple new guys on the shield. I happened to just get mixed in with the team going up. So we've got a new guy on the shield. We have a guy. I'm in glad you did, bro. Most Fate people. is a lucky lady. It's a fickle Luck mistress, but most, most people probably be like, uh, Jeremy's there, send him in the back. Have him go get some coffee or something. Have him go wipe his nose. I could have used a coffee, but okay, keep going. So I just happened to be by happenstance. Um, we've got a guy who's on the shield. And when you're on the shield, that's your job. You don't have a less lethal. You, you don't do. have anything else. You are the shield. You hold the shield. You are the wall. And if you are the less lethal coverage, that's all you're doing. Yep. And you kind of have pre, you know, you kind of, you kind of talk your plan. Okay. You know, Hey, if we get up there and this guy starts making some movements or doing something, we want the less lethal. If that fails and then he starts doing other things, we have lethal coverage. Mm -hmm. And so we've got all our resources lined up. We go up there. We're able to open You're the ducks door. in a row, basically. We, our ducks are in a row. They're quacking, baby. Yeah. We were able to see that Barry Knifey Hands is in the living room by a window that's pretty visible. And he's kind of hunkered down. So we know he's in this specific part of the house. Right. So we make our way up. And again, as you're going up, it's not just Willie Neal. You have the shield guy covering because we don't know if Barry Knifey hands can turn into Barry 50 caliber hands. Yeah. Uh, like, at that point, your shield's not going to do shit. He's <laughs> fucked. Barry pistol Nine hands. mil hand. If, if, Barry turns Barry pistol into, hands. if Barry turns into Barry 22 hands, if, we might be okay. If Barry turns into Peter pistol hands. Peter pistol hands. Pizza pistol hands. So as we're going up, you know, you, you want to have your tactics good. And because 
it's all about safety. We want all the officers to be safe. We want yeah. to make sure Adam's safe. We want yeah. to make sure Barry's safe. As safe as he can be. So as we're going up, we get to the door. Uh, I unlock it because I have the keys. He dropped them to me. Keep in mind, I'm 6'5", about 300 pounds. You sell yourself short so much, but yeah, okay. I'm 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 a brick shit house of a person. Yeah. And the first thing we want in as we're opening that door is the shield because we want that coverage, we want that protection. Yeah, that wall. That wall. The officer, new guy, a great dude, and he did a phenomenal job. All these new guys handle themselves extremely well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the guy on the shield, he's trying to. He has the best vantage point to see Barry Knifey hands, and so he's trying to de-escalate the situation and hold the shield, which is a pretty difficult task. Yeah, it's tough. Um, because your mind's split in two directions. You're holding Can't the shield. That. Yeah. And so he's doing a pretty good job, and Barry Knifey hands is just out of it. I, 35 years ago, when I was born, Lord. Bless me with the gift of gab. You do have the silver tongue, bro. I can talk. You do. Let's see that silver tongue real quick. That's the silver tongue. <laughs> <laughs> so Jocelyn just gagged a little bit. She's like, <laughs> she's repulsed. <laughs> she's like, oh my gosh. Uh, what um, was that? A whale tongue? Sperm whale tongue, baby. <laughs> uh, sperm whale tongue. We are off the rails. So anyways... Officer holding the shield is trying to communicate with Barry Knifey Hands. It's he's doing a really good job. It's just it's one of those things where I think I have a little bit more experience. And again, it's nothing that he's not a good officer or anything. It's just I have the gift of gab. And I again uh, And he's dual purposing right now. He's, he's dual purposing, which is focus. which is yeah. And so I, I kind of step in and say, Hey, let, let me let me try. Yeah. And so I kind of insert myself more, which could possibly put me in a precarious situation where I kind of have to put myself more in so I can have my, so I can see Barry. Yeah. You're it's, more exposed. I'm more exposed, but I can, I have a good line of sight. Sure. I'm talking to Barry and I'm saying like, Hey buddy, he's got two knives right next to him. Kitchen knives, Ginsu's, um, He's ready to make some sushi. He's ready. He's ready to sushi somebody. Oh, right. And so he's sitting on the ground. And so I just, um, you know, we start talking, form a little bit of a dialogue. And I'm like, hey, buddy, if your roommate's doing the dirty with some, you know, if he's doing some child trafficking, let's get him. Let's me and you will get him. I need you to be, you know, just talking to him. Because, you know, again. Kind of like you're you're creating a connection with this guy. Bond. Yeah. It's it's a bond. James Bond. Rapport, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a perfect word for it. And so you're creating a rapport with this guy, yeah. so he can like kind of bond with you. Yeah, right. Because I want him to do, do. I want him to listen and do what I say. Sure. We're talking to Barry Knifey Hands. We don't want to verbalize what our plans are because we don't want to let him know what we're going to do. And so I can't sit there and say, "Hey, as soon as he gets up and away from the knives, I'm going to go in and grab him." No, because then he knows what I'm going to do. Yeah, and you couldn't plan that per se no. beforehand, so it's not like they know. So you just, like you said, uh, we've talked about the uh, like nonverbal communication, nonverbal communications, but you want the the swift surprise, the violence of action yeah. to be on our yeah. on our side. Yeah. So knifey hand stands up, and he's the knives are on the ground. He went from sitting holding the knives to sitting. The knives are kind of by his side. He's not holding them. To kind of standing, but the knives are still close by. I was able to get him and a couple steps away from the knives. Yeah. And so I'm talking to him the whole time. And as he gets close enough to me, because I've got a pretty long reach, I just snake in the apartment and grab him. Yeah. And again, I'm a, I'm a big dude. So, he, you know, he's not a very big guy. So he's not going to wriggle away from me. He's not no. going to get away. So as soon as I'm in there, everyone funnels in, um, do, do their jobs greatly. You know, the shield guy, they go contact Adam, make sure he's okay. I've got another... Uh, sergeant or officer with me, we take him into custody. And even then, once he's in custody, it doesn't become you motherfucking piece of shit. No. Because there's there's no need for that. Why? You crazy. That, that's not going to help anything. No. So I'm sitting there, I'm talking, hey, buddy, it's cool. Hey, let's yeah. go figure this out. We're going to get this taken care of. Yeah. 
because he's you and I and Fitz, we probably we've all fought guys who when they're in the delusions and they have that crazy strength, you know, that guy that you had to fight at the motel years yeah, ago. Yeah. I mean, he was jacked up on PCP and meth yeah. and whatever else, but crazy. Even even when they're delusional, they can have that crazy strength yeah, sure. and you don't want that to come out. Yeah. So you you deal with the guy it's like, like hey, soothing. You gotta yeah. soothe. If it's like, can. hey, let's go. You know, I've created a report. It's like, hey, let's go talk about it. We'll get this figured out. But just because of my experience and, you know, because like I said, I'm not the greatest cop in the world, but I, I can talk to people. Yeah. And because I was able to get in there and just snake in, in the situation peacefully, nobody got hurt. Nobody was stabbed. Brucey Knifey Hands got taken care of. Adam was able to- Brucey Knifey Hands? Or uh, what is it? Bobby? Barry. Barry. Barry Knifey Hands. I can't knife be, 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 whatever. Barry Knifey Hands. Barry Knifey Hands. You switched hands. to Brucey. Brucey Barry- <laughs> Bilbo Baggins, knifey hands. Bilbo it was Baggins. Bilbo, and he had Sting with him, okay? Sting. Ooh, that's Two a dangerous stings. combo. I was able to talk to Bear, get him out of the situation Adam was taken care of. It was interesting to see. So I showed up after the whole kerfuffle up there in the apartment. I was showing up because I saw you guys were on that call, and I was tied up on something else. I got done with that, came over, and we're bringing the guy out at the time that I got over there. You are bringing him down, uh, Barry, knifey hands, to the cars, and we put him in the car, and it was interesting to see the amount of poor that you had built with this guy in a super short period of time super short period of time you guys have been talking to this guy for what five minutes yeah and the amount of rapport that that jeremy had with this guy was it was uncanny all the only person he would talk to if he talked at all was jeremy he wouldn't talk to me he wouldn't talk to the fire personnel he wouldn't talk to emts he wouldn't talk to anybody only person you talk to is Jeremy because you created that rapport. Yeah. You understand? You were the big dog on campus and you were going to take care of him. And you did. Yeah. That was pretty cool to watch. It was a firsthand account that happened very recently. It was fun to see that and to see how your officer abilities and tactics were able to really win the day in that regard. Again, I think that's that's something to, to look at as some of these newer guys, they may have been okay to stay on scene for hours trying to resolve the situation mm-hmm. where my mindset is if we can get it resolved quickly and accurately yeah. and with, with, if he's away no, from the knives, why with not no, take advantage? With no collateral damage, let's get it done. Yeah, for sure. Because there's there's no good that's going to come from dragging it out. No. Because he's obviously not in his right mind. Yeah. And so, you know, getting up to the apartment and officers may have been able, you know, they may have stood there for hours. And again, this is not like, this is not, I'm great and they're bad. Everyone on scene did a phenomenal job. Yeah. All these officers were doing a great job. But I, again, I think it's just that. This is take it for what it is. Yeah. The circumstances dictated your actions. Mm-hmm. And you weren't preset to doing any one thing. No. You were able to kind of evolve your actions as the situation itself evolved. And that's where I see a problem nowadays. A cookie cutter mindset with like, oh, it's this kind of thing. This is what we're going to do. This situation like, you doesn't have to do fit this. into that cookie cutter. Yeah. And like, so I don't no, know what to you, do. You can't do that in cop work. You can't. You, you can't have, have to be able work. to adapt. You, you have, have to adapt. You adapt, have to. Yeah. Adapt and overcome. If not, you're going to be so far behind the curve that you're not going to be able to like keep yourself truly safe and people safe. Would you I agree think, with that? I, I would absolutely. I think the Marines, you know, make do, right? Isn't that what there's, there's a Adapt. Thing? Adapt and overcome. Adapt and overcome. Adapt, improvise, and overcome, right? And so, you know, Fitz being a, uh, I mean, I don't think you're a former. Once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. I'm exactly. Sure. Still a Marine, bro. Said. So me and a fellow officer who was my my work wife at the time, Rob, he and I were going on a call of, we're going on a call of a robbery and it was on a normal thoroughfare, like a big thoroughfare in our city. And this robbery had occurred as a street robbery. So somebody called it in. So this guy just jacked us. So we're, we're flying up the street looking for this guy. They got a good description of him. 
They put it out over the air. You got a description. We find a description of this guy, right? So we're flying up this this thoroughfare. We see somebody on this thoroughfare in the middle of the night, like 3 a.m., running. Running eastbound from the area we're talking about. And he matches the description perfectly. That's the dude. That's the dude. So we're going down this thoroughfare. My partner, who's with me, is first in line. That's what it was. He's first in line. He's driving down the street and following him. He goes in front of the guy and does like a U-turn and pulls over the curb. And he stops. The guy runs by him. I'm like, screw this. I'm behind him. So I pull over to the side. Instead of doing a U-turn, I just pull in straight behind where my partner pulled in. But my partner's now facing the other way. So I'm facing east and my partner's facing west. I pull in behind him and I get out of my car. I'm about right there. As I'm getting out of my car... My partner didn't know that I pulled in behind him. Oh. He just saw that he passed the guy in a U-turn, put his car in freaking reverse, Boom. and started goosing it in reverse. I pulled in behind him and parked, and he freaking backs into me. Slams into my car as I'm getting out of the car. <laughs> Dude, as I'm getting out of the car, my car gets freaking boom, crashed into, and I almost get sucked under the car. Because the car rolls you know, a few feet yeah. before it like, comes to a stop. And I'm like, kind of knocked for a loop. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I just got throttled. Just got blasted. Got your bell rung. And I turn and I look and there's my buddy's car. He's backed into my fucking car. I'm like, oh shit. But now I've got this robber who's just fled eastbound up the street. I'm like, screw this. Nope. Get out of my car. And I start running toward him. I didn't even care about what just happened with my car. Right. I just got out of my car and I start running toward the guy. And uh, he saw that I was freaking serious and i was catching him so he actually laid down in the middle of the street like middle of this intersection bro middle Smart. of this intersection instead Smart. of like getting to the curb yeah like i'm not thinking this guy's gonna lay down in the middle of the intersection well he does hopefully no cars come by because this guy's right. laying down in the middle of the intersection and now it's, it's zero dark 33 it's, zero, it's 3 a.m bro nobody can see shit and i'm like oh shit so i run up there and i snatch him up and i'm like get over here and i pick him up off the ground like Scorpion, right? Get over here. Get over here. Pick him up and I pull him over to the curb and I throw him back down. I put a cuffs on him. And I was like, what in the hell are you doing? And come to find out, he's not even the robber. <laughs> <laughs> the dude's Nothing just out do. for an evening Nothing run. To do with the robbery. Getting his cardio he's like, in. He's like, I don't know. I just heard some people screaming in the area, so I decided to run away. <laughs> Turns out I mean, that's smart. That's, that's Turns smart out he's not, I know. Turns out he's not the robber, though. I'm like, why did you no keep problem. running when you saw the cops? So he's like, I don't know, bro. I was just really scared. <laughs> I was just really scared. I'm like, great. Now we got this freaking traffic accident to do with two cops crashing into each other. So it could have been a lot worse than it was, but it was pretty funny to see how, regardless of what had happened to me right there, I was still able to you know, continue on my path and get this guy under arrest, even though I mean, it turned out he wasn't even the flipping robber in the, in, right. the, in the robbery. Right. Who ended up catching a little bit later, but, uh, it's kind of funny to see my buddy freaking back. Right you can see the, the situation like, okay, you know, and, and usually, you know, when two cops crash into each other, it's like, Hey, we've got to document everything. We've got to, you know, call out an outside agency to, cause we don't want it. Yeah. So we, you know, and, and, and so it's just shutting down like, well, this is the most important thing. Like, hey, there's a robber right there, possibly, yeah. that we've got to take care of. So yeah. this will get dealt with later, yeah. you know, and let's go deal with- It's like prioritizing. Yeah. You got to right? prioritize like, what do I need to do? Okay, that's- Does it matter we crash into each other? No. I'm safe. He's safe. Whatever. Let's yeah. get this bad guy. 
you know? Yeah. It's kind of how it goes. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know why that made me think of it, but for some reason it like popped into my brain. Like, we but again, that's adapting, adapting like, you know, obviously it wasn't a normal situation because yeah. that doesn't happen every mm-hmm. day yeah. for you. No. Getting crashed into by another cop. And it'll be like, okay, I got to adapt to the situation, get it, you know, and then like you said, prioritize. Let's get this guy taken care of. Let's catch him. Okay. Now that we've determined, okay, he's not involved. Okay, yeah. Whatever. Have a nice day, sir. Sorry for the inconvenience. Yeah. Keep keep running down the middle of the street if you want. I wouldn't recommend it. I'd stay on the sidewalk, but have a good night. Yeah. Then you go back and do, okay, now let's deal with this yeah. crash issue. Yep. So we did. I think it's a mindset thing. And I think it's, maybe it's a generational, the way we grew up, how we grew up. Like you said, you know, your experience you had uh, when you were younger is your own spice on life. Yeah. We, we all have our own spice on life, but I think that can obviously help you in your career of as, you know, being adaptable being able to improvise, uh, overcome situations, yeah. prioritize. Sure. And I think that's so, something that maybe is not as taught as much. I think some of these officers coming out now, it's, it's more of that cookie cutter mindset. You know, problem A deserves a problem A solution. Right. And I'm here, I've got, you know, it's like, no, like, well, this may be what happened, but there's a like you said, there's a, you know, million ways to skin a cat. So when you show up on scene, you've got to have that quiver of solutions available to say, okay, well, you got to custom tailor solutions. And I think it's, I don't know if it's just not taught or if the mindset's not there, but I'm just not seeing it as much that kind of problem solving. And it's not, I mean, like, you know, we've talked about it. I think there were some old timers who probably couldn't adapt to situations either. For sure. I saw that in my own career. I watched older guys who had been on the job for 30 plus years, 20 plus years, who could not adapt to a new situation. But I think, yeah. And I think, I think that was not as common as it is today. Yeah. And I wonder how they're going to evolve. I wonder how the evolution is going to be, you know, sink or swim sometimes. Like, is it going to be sink or swim? Is it going to be like, are you going to make it? You know, are, by the grace of God, maybe. Are the maybe police going to have to learn through are, a school of hard knocks? Yeah, but are the police officers who are joining learn it out on them streets? On them streets, oh which How many is times not. Can you say that in a fucking episode? Uh, I've only said it twice. Two times too many. Yeah, but are the police officers who are joining the profession now? Are they going to be able to do that five years from now, ten years from now? Because you know, the job, the tactics, or whatever they may change, but the jobs is going to be the same. Yeah, the job's the same. Serve. Yeah. For sure. Protect and serve. Criminals probably aren't going to change. Serve and protect. Serve and protect. Do you like better protect and serve or serve and protect? I like to protect somebody, then I serve them. Yeah, me too. I don't want to serve somebody, then try and protect them. Protect and serve. I just, I took the and serve part off the back of my card. It says protect. No, I don't you have. have any, I don't have any service. He got, he got a custom sticker that said screets. <laughs> protect screets. Protect, protect these screets. Protect these screets. Protect these screets. Like too bad that only applies to a quarter of the city. Well, then that's a quarter of the city that I protect. That's a quarter of them screets that are good to go. It's a quarter more than he protected beforehand. So. Huh? So there's a, hold on Fitz. I want to ask you this. Ask so a common term no. that we use for whores are streetwalkers. Do you call them streetwalkers? Street, I call them prosties. Oh my gosh. Pros. You don't call them streetwalkers? Ladies of the night. So that was very interesting. I love stories and I'm glad we could share a couple stories. Our head game maker has a game for me and you, Jeremy, to play. Fitz had to bounce out and he had like some freaking issues with his colostomy bag. I think he had a yeast infection. Yeast infection. So go. we're going to, we're going to take care of this ourselves, me and you homie. And we're going to play this game that the head game maker has made. It's a celebrities game. 
Ooh. And we've been we've been fiending to have you back on the podcast so we could play the celebrities game because I know that you love this kind of stuff. Turn the time over to you, head game maker. So we've actually played this one before. It's the celebrities who have had run-ins with the law. Ooh. So I've got a couple of multiple choice, same situation. And I'm going to start it off with, okay, we're going in hot. So this person has had six DUIs, multiple possessions of cocaine, felony theft, hit and run, and assault. So quite the lineup. Damn. I have a name that already popped into my head. Let's multiple DUIs. I, I've, got, I've got a multiple choice. Multiple let's, let's DUIs. I want to say Robert assault. Downey Jr. Back in the 80s. And early 90s, that yeah, dude. Yeah, he did some stuff. That dude. Multiple DUIs. It, male or female? So this is female. Oh. You want to hear, here's the options. Uh, oh. Hold on, say it again. Six DUIs, multiple possessions Six of DUIs. cocaine, felony theft, hit and run, assault. Okay. As well as like a parole violation, other. Lindsay Lohan. Okay. Damn it, you're taking all my freaking, I would say Lindsay Lohan well, too. I feel like you're getting closer. All right. Here's a multiple choice. Multiple okay. choice. Amanda Bynes, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, or Naomi Campbell. So my my instinct is to go, because I know, so Amanda Bynes, she's dropped off. Which one is she? Sorry. So she was like Nickelodeon. She did she, a look, she did, she did like a, she was a kid actor, a couple Nickelodeon things. Anything as an adult. She had a couple uh, like girly. I didn't have Nickelodeon. Nothing like, you would have seen probably. What a Girl Wants, but I don't, I know. I feel like it was Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton's had some issues. I'm going to go, I'm going to go I'll with. i Amanda Bynes. I'm sticking with Lindsay. It's good to stick with your gut instinct. It's Lindsay Lohan. She's had six doobies. She's oh, been arrested. Holy shit. What it said for me was the parole violation. Oh. I didn't know she's on parole. She was on parole for a while. Oh, she oh, had wow. like a whole, House like arrest. she had an ankle monitor. Yeah. And she took it off. Or no, like it pinged at some like VMA's after party. Oh, damn. Yeah. And that got her in trouble. She's been arrested nine times. Oh yeah. my gosh. She yeah. can't stay out of her own way. There was, there was a thing like she was hanging out in some like hotel lobby, bar lobby, something. And she had like written a list of all the dudes she's banged. Yeah. And it was quite an extensive list. Oh my goodness. It was like, ah, Lindsay Lohan. I wanted to say that too, but it seems so obvious that I didn't go with it. Seems so obvious. Yeah. What set it off was, Seemed the, so obvious. was the parole. Yeah. Well, I tried to throw you guys off. I was like, oh, you're getting closer. You got it, Lindsay Lohan. So the next one, we've got assault with a deadly weapon, assault on a police officer, battery, sexual harassment. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to say male. I'm assuming it's a male. This I'm is a male. Dude, yeah. Yes. Assault. Do you want me to give you the choices? Assault on a PO. Yeah, give me the choices. Okay. I guess. We have Robert Downey Jr., Johnny Depp, Christian Slater, or Mark Wahlberg. I'm gonna say Mark Wahlberg. Johnny Depp. It is Christian Slater. Christian oh. Slater. Assault on a PO. Yeah. But yeah, Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Doesn't Christian Slater do stuff on the new Archer? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, play, he played his. You're right. His. You're right. His buddy who was like secretly yes gay with Archer, <laughs> but Archer didn't like realize it until later. Until it was too okay. late. Yeah. But he was a uh, broken arrow with John Emilio Estevez. I got confused with Christian Slater. Yeah. yeah they Christian look alike. Slater. Yeah, they look alike. But Christian Slater. Yep. Okay. But I, I went with Mark Wahlberg because grown up, he was like a straight. He's kind of a savage, bro. He, he's a convicted felon. Yeah. Yeah. He's got. Christian Slater, assault on a PO. I'd like to know that story. What's up, Christian? Hit us up Hit on us the up. freaking Domestic Savage. Come on our podcast, bro. Tell us know what the freaking story is, bro. Fighting cops. No bueno. No bueno. All right, so last one. Um, I want you guys to guess who is the celebrity with the most arrests, Ooh. highest record. 
Do you want? I've got multiple choice on yeah, this. Yes, multiple you need choice. It. I don't know. Okay, R. Kelly, Martin Sheen, O.J. Simpson, or Bobby Brown. I want to say OJ just because his are so prolific. Yeah. His are like robbery and homicide. Bobby Brown. Ooh, that's an outlier right there. Uh, you said the first one was R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Pissing on chicks. Banging a 14 year old. Yeah. Second one. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. He's old. He's old. So he had more time to do more shit. Yeah. Same with OJ. OJ's old. I feel like if you knew OJ though, I don't know any of Martin Martin Sheen stuff though. I'm going to have to go with Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. That's a good choice because DV. Yeah. With Whitney. Drug possession DV. Yes. DV. I'm sure he's got some Deweys. Bobby. I say Bobby. We're, we're locking it in. Both going with Bobby. Both going with Bobby. It is Martin Sheen. Damn. Damn. Martin Sheen belongs rap sheet? Um, OJ Simpson and Bobby Brown. They were both like, it was like in the top four, those guys. What's Martin Sheen's rap sheet? Yeah, so Sheen? most of it is for like protesting and stuff. He was arrested with Joaquin Phoenix one time. Oh my But gosh. he has been arrested for drug trafficking, robbery. Just like this um, boy. Just like Charlie yeah. Brown. Yeah. OJ has Apple the most does. prolific though. Yeah. Remember the remember the white Bronco? Oh. Dude. I remember watching that on TV. And then the whole trial. Yeah. One of the best parts is so he's on he's on he's he's in the Bronco. There's that huge it was like I don't want to call it a high speed chase. No, it was low speed chase. But he he had like all those LAPD units behind him. Yes. He's on the freeway. Yes. And he's got his buddy with him, right? Yep. Talking, talking. And at the end, he, he like wanted to talk to his mom. That was like going to resolve it. So they, I think they held a press conference like outside his house. And the uh, PIO for LAPD was like, yeah, he wanted to have a drink. So we gave him some orange juice. Like threw in a joke <laughs> in the press conference, national global news. Oh my God. And the LAPD officer was like, yeah, he wanted it. We got him some orange juice. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's funny because so after, you know, obviously he, you know, the glove does not fit. You must acquit. <laughs> yeah. They fucked that whole case up so bad. They did, dude. Um, oh my gosh. But afterwards, he gets acquitted. Years later, he tried to do a, a puncture like Ashton. You've been juiced. Oh, did he? And he tried to sell a white Bronco. It oh was like one of the gosh. things he was selling a white Bronco. Oh and everyone was just gosh. like, You idiot. <laughs> That's a little like too much on the nose. Yeah. You can't. Like, hey, you murdered a couple people and got away with it. Don't like. Yeah. Don't rub it in our faces. Martin Sheen. I, then I'm thinking he was like an activist back in the day. Yeah. He was. Yeah. A lot of it's from activists, but not all of his arrests. Like I said, there's some drug charges, robbery, some other things, but he has the most 66 arrests. Dang. 66? Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of arrests. That explains Charlie Sheen, though. That explains Charlie. Like your yeah, dad's out do there, activist, you know, being an activist, getting arrested, like yeah. he's raising the kid. Yep. Himself. True. Leave him to his own devices. He'll yeah. be fine. That leads us into the savage of the week on this episode. So this comes from World War II. It is the Ben Solomon's Last Stand. Okay. Okay. U.S. Army medic Ben Solomon's last stand more than 75 years ago, still echoing in American history. Being a medic in the wartime means that you are doing the noble thing, and often those members of the armed forces are unsung heroes. Yeah. Because, you know, battlefield trauma. You know, they serve and protect like every other serviceman, but they sometimes see a lot more. You know, torn apart friends, horrific injuries. So he was already a dentist when he when he gets called in. Ben Solomon was already a dentist when he was drafted into the Army as an infantry private in 1940. In the early shades of World War II, from the American perspective, during rifle and pistol qualifications, he rated as an expert marksman. 
Wow. So, you know, doing pretty well. So he also had that medical knowledge that could be helpful. He quickly became noticed uh, by the higher command and he worked his way up to sergeant. He then transferred to the Army Dental Corps and was commissioned as a first lieutenant. He was called the best all-around soldier in his unit. So like a stand-up dude. Uh, in May 1944, so he's four years into his service now. The war's raging. Solomon was promoted to captain and assigned to the 105th Infantry Regiment, 27th Infantry Division. Uh, Solomon was not content with being the dental officer of the unit and would join the rest of the unit on hikes and compete in the physical fitness competition. And it was kind of unusual because you're kind of a higher, you know, you're a higher up guy now. Yeah, yeah. And so he's a captain now and it's like, you're a medical guy, so you're not, you know, you you're don't have to be out dude. there running and yeah. gunning. So one month after Solomon became a captain, he experienced his first battle. The 2nd Battalion, 105th Infantry Regiment's field surgeon had been wounded. So Solomon volunteered to replace him uh, when the unit was sent to Saipan to fight the Japanese forces. Little did he know that would be his only battle. When Solomon's unit landed in uh, Saipan, they found themselves in one of the most intense fights in the Pacific arena. The Japanese army was not willing to concede the island, and the U.S. army was adamant that they needed to take it. By the time Solomon's unit arrived, the Japanese had taken the approach of advance and attack to their own deaths. As the field surgeon for the unit, Solomon was stationed 50 yards behind the front line entrenchments. So you've got the entrenchment they dug out, yeah. and so that's where they're doing that's the main front fighting. line. In the medical tents, he worked to triage the severely wounded men. The Japanese reached the trenches and Solomon's position by July 6, 1944. So they had fought their way up. And a lot, again, a lot of these Japanese soldiers are running up there to their deaths. On July 7th, 1944, the Japanese made it over the trenches and to the medical tents. Solomon was treating wounded soldiers when he looked up and saw a Japanese soldier storm into the tent and bayonet one of the wounded and unarmed soldiers in, in the tent. In response, Solomon yeah. grabbed an M1 rifle, which was on a table close by, fired, killed the Japanese soldier. This would not be the only life that Solomon took that day. As he turned back to the wounded soldiers, he saw two more enemy soldiers burst into the tent. The close conditions led Solomon swinging the rifle and clubbing the first soldier, then jamming the second with the butt of the weapon. He then shot one and bayoneted the other. So he took yeah. down those two guys. Yeah. Four more Japanese soldiers made their way into the medical tent and tried to catch Solomon by surprise. One of the soldiers had a knife that Solomon kicked out of the hand before firing his rifle. Damn. Killing one soldier and using his bayonet to kill another. Woo! Out of bullets, Solomon picked up the knife and engaged with two other remaining enemy fighters. He killed one using the knife before headbutting the other, who was then shot by one of the patients in the tent. Damn. After dispatching the enemy soldiers, Solomon ordered his colleagues to evacuate the wounded. He would stay behind to hold off the enemy to give them extra time as they needed. Wow. As Captain Solomon loaded his rifle, the 30 wounded soldiers and orderlies in the tent uh, and started to retreat. During his last stand, because he's not making it, Ben Solomon commandeered a heavy machine gun and was last seen firing at oncoming Japanese troops. When the American troops returned to the area after the battle, they found Solomon's body slumped over the gun, surrounded by the bodies of 98 Japanese soldiers. Damn. He had been shot 76 times and had 24 bayonet wounds on his oh, body. Oh, shit. Posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. Oh, wow. Killed over 90 Japanese soldiers by himself. Wow. That was insane. I love... Uh, accounts of valor like that right there. That's that's pretty phenomenal. Uncommon valor. Yeah, uncommon valor for sure. So I'm glad he could stick up for his boys, make sure he kept them safe. That's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. He was and captain. He said, hey, you guys go to safety and yep. I'll take care of business. Him. That's absolute leadership yeah. right there. That's leadership I can get behind. Yeah. Ben Solomon, we salute you. We salute you. Savage of the week. Savage of the week. Yep. So, to live on, hopefully, you guys can look that up. 
Check out his story. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Jeremy, send us off. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, earlier, for those who watch, thanks for watching. I'm back. I'm not going anywhere. So you're stuck with me, guys. But um, again, find us on all our social media. We are on Instagram, TikTok, Spotify. Listen to us. Uh, find us, listen to us. And as always, stay savage. Yeah. Bing bang. <laughs>